Hello and welcome to the Good Mood Podcast. My name is Dr. Talia Mercajani. I'm a naturopathic doctor. In today's episode, we talk about the power of community with Robin Packwing and Shazia Massar of the Lake Surfistas. In 2019, I was in Costa Rica learning to surf. I met a girl there from Toronto who told me about the Lake Surfistas, a group of people who identify as women who surf the lakes. And so after that, I looked them up on Facebook, started going to their events, and I was hooked. The Lake Surfistas taught me to surf. They taught me to find friendship and comfort in the waters of the Great Lakes. I remember driving home from, from an impromptu surf get-together with a group I'd met through their Lake Surfista Facebook discussion page. And I remember thinking to myself, wow, this is happiness. <laughs> Robin Packwing and Shazia Massar talk about how surfing healed them and how the power of female community has actually helped to change their lives. They talk about resilience, their worst wipeouts, and how uh, Robin overcame a pretty hostile community when she first started and how that inspired her to create a community that's more supportive and that really helps women find confidence and resilience in, in, in their surfing careers. Lake Surfistas is a Canadian grassroots movement that brings together women of various identities, skills, and backgrounds to celebrate water sports, surf, stand up paddleboarding, or sup, and sup surfing on the Great Lakes. They aim to empower, build confidence and competence in the women that use these waters for board sports and to promote education, safety, enjoyment, and sustainability of these resources. Shazia and Robin and I talk the power of community for mental health, finding passion in movement, how they both got into surfing, and how they stay resilient in the face of wipeouts and hardship in their lives. I love that in this episode, so many names get mentioned, and I think this just speaks to the power of our interconnectedness in this community, and it only further emphasizes the work that this organization has done to bring us together, to form friendships and strengthen our love for the lakes. So to learn more, visit the Lake Surfista website, www.lakesurfistas.org, and the Lake Surfista discussion page on Facebook, which now has over 700 members. I really hope you enjoy this episode. It's, it was a real fun one to record. All right. Okay, so thank you for joining me, Shaz and Robin of the Lake Surfistas. Yes. Hey. <laughs> for those watching the, the video, there's a heart. <laughs> yeah, there's three. <laughs> Okay. Welcome, you guys. So we have here Robin and Shazia from the Lake Surfistas. A, uh, so maybe, okay, so let's just talk about what Lake Surfistas is. And then, um, so whoever wants to start or, or start the explanation, and maybe, you know, Robin can start, Shazia chimes in, however you want it to work. Um, um, sure. Lake Surf- yeah. Shazia, do you want to go? No, no, you start, and then okay. maybe, we'll yeah, take, you yeah, start, we'll go, we'll you were go there at the, the very time. beginning. We'll go yeah. by timeline here. Rent squares, good idea. So um, it actually started off as a as a get together of of women surfing the Great Lakes and paddling back in 2014 with a small event called Ladies of the Lake event, um, <clears throat> and that was down at one of the cottages in like off Fire Lane 22 in um, Lake Erie. Um, Andy Holland was kind enough to let us use his cottage for this uh, inaugural gathering of about 30 or 40 women. Uh, to come and surf, and there was surf that day, and it was uh, such a like organically chill event. There were children hanging out in the fire, like there was a like the feels of of the of the air and the waves and the sun and the you know October weather uh, and the cozies mm-hmm. and like 
this was the first time I had ever seen this many women on the Great Lakes, like gathered before, because before that there weren't a lot of women, but at that point it had grown so much that Lisa Parks and I, um, who is the artist of a couple of these things up here, um, like these waves up there. Yeah, yeah, um, they're so cool. Yeah. (laughs) She, she's like, let's, you know, let's do this. And I had been wanting to do something like that for a while, having worked at Surf Ontario and like actually physically seeing more people come in and become interested in it. So we had it and it was the most amazing time. Uh, and then after that we were like, well, we need to keep this going. Like this was so fun. This was so good. It was so wholesome. It left a lot of women in like these happy tears of community that we we couldn't we couldn't stop so we kept going and then eventually um lisa's life took her out west and she's like well you know you guys have to you got to keep going at all keep keep going robin you've been you know there and you've been here for so long like you have to keep this going so i was like yeah absolutely we're this is this is gonna keep going (laughs) and then um after that, I, uh, you know, I, I couldn't do this alone. It had grown to over 100 women. So I was like, I definitely need help for this. So Shazia um, joined in. Um, Sonia, had, Sonia Jaffer had always been a wonderful part of it. Uh, Chris, uh, Chris and Hannah mm-hmm. um, were like the original sort of like lake surfistas when we started to like really expand. Mm-hmm. And uh, Shazia came up with the awesome name. We decided to come up with a, you know, a better name for the group. And uh, Shazia started up the um, the online discussion discussion page, um, which is you know there and as we can see is thriving. And now we it is what we see today, and plus more. And then Shazia can elaborate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's been a really exciting journey. I I was lucky to be at that first get together as a participant, and I had literally just started surfing and stand up paddling that year. So coming out to an event um, as a new learning person for everything uh, it was still very welcoming. You know, I did not know what I was doing at all. I got in the waves and I couldn't catch anything, um, <laughs> but it was still really fun. And I remember just thinking, wow, this is such a good community. And then when there was the opportunity to join in and start organizing, um, I was super eager to help grow it. I'll never forget that year. Um, it was a tough year for Robin, our biggest year, but but also a very magical year when the four of us kind of took over the organizing. And then through the years, as Robin said, we I saw an opportunity to bring it online as well so we could reach out to more women. Um, it wasn't just limited to a once a year event, which is a fantastic event, but how do we sustain the community? How do we really bring people together 365 days a year? So building out the um, the online community site, and then Robin's really taken a great lead in building out our kind of official website so that we have that knowledge always out there for people. And what's been super exciting is this is a grassroots community. So when I see on the discussion page, you know, women just getting together, figuring it out themselves, building little pods of surfers that we are not involved with, that's that's what it's meant to be, right? Like that's where you get so excited. I saw, you know, it was earlier, I think it was probably in 2019 in the fall, I saw uh, a couple of the women, like I think Marie and uh, a couple of them were just like, we're this little group and we go surfing together now. And I'm like, it's awesome. Like we didn't do that 
that's perfect. So um, seeing the online community thrive and and also trying to get more and more participation outside of Toronto and be a little less Toronto centric on the community. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we have some US women that are pretty vocal on the site, Sarah and Bonnie and a few of them, but we'd love more, right? Like the Lake Surfista doesn't just have to be about Toronto or Lake Ontario. We don't know of any other women-focused Great Lake Surf groups. So we want the women that are on Lake Superior, we want the women on Lake Michigan to feel like they can be a really key part of it. Um, so it's it's been exciting to see that as well. Hmm. You're expanding to all five Great Lakes. And now you're on the ocean though, Shazia. You're on the East Coast now. You just moved, right? Yeah. 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 And it's, and, and it's, not a permanent move. We're back and forth. So I still will be in Toronto. So I'm still going to be a great lake surfer. But um, it's amazing how many great lake surfers are out here too. So a number of our surfistas are actually out here now. <laughs> yeah, um, no, so Allie, who many of you know, she's already here. Nadia too. Um, so hopefully we're... Nadia's heading out there. Yeah. So Allie... Allie's out already. I think we're going to get together hopefully this weekend. Um, Krista, she runs uh, Pink Grasshopper Studios. Um, she's an artist. Her partner, Alex Kopp, runs Quiver Sustainability. Um, so they're out here. And Alex is actually building our board quiver shed for us. Oh, amazing. <laughs> um, and That's then... Amazing. And then um, Nadia, you're right. Nadia's coming out here. And she's actually me living in our house. So she, she and Paul are coming out and they're going to actually take over the house for the winter. So, yeah. It like truly is a community, right? You're like, so all of these people, all these yeah. connections are through like surfistas. And so you can even move to a different province or different coast and still have this community and these connections and these friendships. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. funny. Cause like Nova Scotia feels, it, it's, it feels so far away, I guess. But like when you get there and you see the surf community, there's a lot of, um, you know, there's a lot of people from the great lakes and there's already such a migration of people from Ontario going out there that um, like, it just seems like the most natural next step to go. If you're, you know, if you're craving the waves and you live in Canada and you know, you're on, you're on the great lakes and kind of thing. So like there's, there's also a whole bunch of other guys that have surfed the great lakes back in like the nineties that live out there now. And that's where they call home. So it's like, it's, it's all connected as you say, like uh, I remember standing uh, like last time I was there, I was looking at, um, tea house, just kind of looking out. And then some guys started like chatting with me about, you know, the waves, what do you think? And the, you know, the whole bit. And then he asked me if I knew like, uh, you know, this guy and I'm like, yeah, I know that guy. <laughs> so it's, <laughs> it's just kind of random how, you know, anywhere you go, like someone knows somebody who surfs that know, like, there's always like this weird, like, uh, you know, two level connection of like, oh yeah, I know that guy kind of thing. It's interesting. Yeah, it's like everyone knows everyone. I mean, yeah, that big day on Erie on Sunday, last Sunday, I was like all the Toronto people showed up, you know, and I was like, oh, I know. Oh, hey. Oh, hey. Oh, oh you. <laughs> I haven't seen you in like a year. <laughs> You're like, oh, it's everybody. Oh, it is literally the Scarborough Bluffs crowd. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. just here. <laughs> and, and it is really crazy where you and everyone knows everyone. Like just saying yeah. names now. Everyone's, oh, yeah, Nadia. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's awesome. And uh, do, when did you guys figure out that you could surf the lakes? Like, how did that realization occur? Did you always know or? Uh, I knew, I found out a long time ago. It was mm -hmm. uh, like 2004 or something like that. Um, mm -hmm. Like it was right after I graduated university and I was like, you know what? I've, I've, I had surfed for the first time in, the, what was it? Year 2000 or 2001 in Hawaii. 
And I had always been like, but even before that, I was like super interested in surf because like Baywatch was kind of like a thing that I watched. Blue crush. I had a huge crush, still have a huge crush on Kelly Slater. Like that's <laughs> been like, you know, a 25 year long, like. <laughs> He's just such a so, nice guy too. Such a nice guy, right? So, <laughs> so then uh, when we surfed in Hawaii, uh, I loved it. it. Like, well, I didn't. It was very difficult. So I wouldn't say I surfed in Hawaii. Like I got pushed into waves in Hawaii. Um, and then I found out you could surf in Canada. And finding out that I could surf in Canada was a huge, like, mind-blowing experience. And then when I was deciding that, you know what, I'm going to take a trip out to Tofino. I have a friend that lives in Vancouver. And she said, well, you know, we'll go. And it was like an actual first planned surf trip. And this friend of mine is actually a friend from, from elementary school. Um, while researching like wetsuits and everything, I found out people surfed on the Great Lakes. And like, this was before the days of social media and any, like this was the internet in 2004. Um, and it was like a huge, like what? And there was this uh, small uh, forum called Origin Surf. And a lot of the original guys like today are, you know, are on like the Toronto Surf Club page, like Bob and Andy and a bunch of the Wildwood guys. And it was an awfully terribly bullying type of environment for, <laughs> you know, there was a lot of testosterone on there. And the funny thing is that I am friends with these guys today, but they gave me a lot of shit. And like what? Like was, what were they like? Like, it was a lot of that, you know, machismo kind of localism of like, oh, you can't surf the lakes. And when you were like, and you know, when you're green to this and you don't know anything about it, but you, you want to do it. Like you, you want to know everything about it. Um, but someone's telling you, you can't know shit. You're just like, no, what the fuck? <laughs> so, um, yeah, I just kind of forged on and said, well, you know, I'm not going to listen to these guys. Um, I've been hanging out on the lake, not knowing you can surf my whole life, but whatever. Like, it's my lake too. Hmm. Eventually, uh, you know, I found out a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of things like the Great Lakes Surf Book. And um, I had met Mike Sandusky um on the beach once and we had I was like oh look another surfer and that's how I kind of met Mike and it just kind of organically grew from there and now it's like 15 years accumulation of Great Lake Great Lakes knowledge of people who have surfed back then who still surf uh you know have come and gone throughout the years all the breaks and like wind and everything it literally overtook my life I don't remember what the fuck I did before I was surfing actually I do know but like um it's <laughs> I was a musician like it was music was back, like it was I was in a lot of bands before that and after after that I was like I'm just gonna surf now <laughs> you're like throwing your so, drumsticks away yeah Give me my surfboard. No, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so it, it's like uh, my most of my adult life has been chasing waves and being so curious and fascinated with the lakes and how it how it moves in different um, you know under different conditions and seeing it flat and seeing it gale force and absorbing that knowledge about the big bodies of water around us is uh, you know it almost changes the way you think that it's it, there's effects bigger than all of us and we need to take care of it mm -hmm. yeah it was really amazing like you see on a totally flat day and then you're like two days ago it was this massive storm with these seven foot waves and <gasps> it's incredible yeah and it's like with if you're not a surfer you yeah, don't pay so, attention to that stuff yeah and before nope. any of us were probably surfers none of us 
probably really paid attention to it. Yeah, people are like, are, where are you going like, with that right? surfboard? Right. Like, I'm surfing. Right. Where? On the lake. You didn't yeah. see it? all the waves out there? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. It's often the question of like, oh, wait, you mean windsurfing, right? And then you're like, no, 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 for real surfing. Oh, no, yeah. no, no, no. Like, you're going to get towed behind a boat. No, no, no. For no, no, real no. Surfing. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> what about yeah. you, Shazza? When did you find out that, and oh, it, okay, I can surf? <clears throat> I think you well, learned so to surf on me, the me, it's interesting. Robin and I... Um, well, yes and no. So Robin and I have very different and complementary histories, I think, which is really cool. Like when we think about <laughs> coordinating for Lake Surfistas, we bring like two sides of the coin, which is super fun. So I didn't surf most of my life. Um, and I only started really, I would say like 2014 was the first year I really attempted surfing. Uh, so that was the year I turned 40. I was going through a massive life change. I was getting divorced. So everything was kind of chaos around me. And um, I had tried surfing once in 2012, like, like Robin said, you get pushed into a wave when I was in Nicaragua and that was it. And then I kind of never did it again. And I liked it, but I didn't realize it would be a passion. And uh, in 2014, I ended up going to a surf camp in Nicaragua for a week because I loved Nicaragua. It was, it really, it's part of my heart. And so I went back and went to a surf camp for a week. And that's when I truly fell in love with surfing. So I was like, oh, wow, like, I love this. Then I came back from that trip and my whole life blew up, basically. And so over the course of the summer, I found solace in the lake, which, again, was not something that I'd really explored. And it was because I started stand-up paddleboarding. So a friend of mine um, had let me try her board. And on um, Christmas, no, Boxing Day, 2013, I drove in a snowstorm to Surf Ontario. That was the year of the big power outage. Like it was the massive storm. I drove to Surf Ontario on Boxing Day for the sale. And maybe even from you, Robin, I don't know. <laughs> bought my first stand up paddleboard. Um, and it sat in my basement, you know, for the winter because I didn't realize I could go out on the lake. And so that summer of 2014 was the first time I really started paddling um, on the lake. And I spent like almost every day stand up paddleboarding. And at the same time had moved closer to the lake. So I lived just two kilometers from Cherry Beach. And so I really found this whole new backyard that I didn't know existed. And so through stand-up paddling, that's how I met Robin and a number of members of the surf community and went to my first ladies of the lakes. And it wasn't really until then that I had thought about surfing the lakes as being something viable. And I have to say, like, I just embraced it at that point. Um, I as much as I like learned to surf in Nicaragua, I became a surfer on the lakes. And they're two very different things. Like going to a surf camp is very different than getting skunked, learning how to forecast, going out on a day and catching zero waves because you suck. Um, and, and those are rites of passage that you'll never get on surf vacation because um, you're not in your home territory. You just can't go at the drop of a hat. So I would say, you know, Surfing became my passion in Nicaragua and becoming a surfer happened in Canada. Hmm. And, and it's really the lakes that have made me become a surfer. I still have a passion to travel and surf everywhere. I've surfed all around the world. Obviously with COVID that changed a ton. Um, I did a massive surf trip in New Zealand last year. Um, Nicaragua is always a place I'm going to go back to constantly once I can again. Um, and that's part of why coming out to Nova Scotia was so important because I still love the ocean too. So I'm a Great Lake surfer at heart, but I also love those ocean waves. And um, I don't think I could pick 
which is why I think I'm going to live between the two places for a very long time. And it's, yeah, it's amazing. And, and I first learned how to stand up paddle surf. That was the, my first foray into surfing. And then since then went further into regular surfing, as you would say. <clears throat> um, and now I feel like I'm really lucky that I can do both. Like I still generally just grab my regular surfboard on most days, but then there's those days I go stand up paddle surf and it still feels like home. Like that still, you know, brings me back to um, how I learned and, the feeling of dropping into a wave standing up is so different than dropping into a wave and popping up. And it's nice to be able to do both. Mm-hmm. That's and how I feel too. It's like that opposite with the complimentary. It's like I learned how to surf surfing yeah. and then I picked up sup, sup surfing. And then like, but going back onto a surfboard once in a while just feels like home. It's like, Oh yeah, <laughs> I remember this. This is a great one of morning. my most favorite one of my most favorite memories from literally 10 minutes down the road here is uh, Robin and I surfing Martinique a couple of years ago. And um, she took my, my surfboard and was like, oh, yeah, like I'm going to surf for a bit. And we have some like super fun pictures of you surfing on the Grumpy Bob yeah. uh, board out here. So a lake surfboard out in Martinique. That's um, super fun. We had some really fun, great days. Yeah, yeah, we have. Yeah, as you're like, yeah, you're reversing, reverse engineering your roles. You're like, I'm going to try my yeah. surf, I'm going to go back on my stuff. It's like nostalgia. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's exactly. a nostalgia thing. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Yeah. I mean, stand-up paddleboarding looks fun. It looks like you can catch more waves because, well, maybe someone wants to describe the difference between lake waves and ocean waves, maybe Robin, um, because, yeah, it is very different. And like you said, Chaz, yeah. it's like when you go on the ocean – I mean, I've done a couple of surf vacations and I'm like, oh, okay, I surf camp at the end of the week, you're progressing to a certain extent. And then I come back here and I think it took me <laughs> six months <laughs> to get back to the level of Brazil when I let, la- you know, <laughs> so, I'm like, oh, yeah. now I can stand up and go down the line. Like I was doing that in Brazil, but it took me, because yeah, you might catch one wave a session just to have yeah. a, yeah. So like the, the biggest difference is obviously the, I mean, the volume of water itself, ocean versus lake is, you know, clear. Um, uh, funnily enough, like, uh, the, like the properties are obviously salt water versus fresh water and chemistry. I don't want to get too much into like physics or anything, but like the buoyancy of, of fresh water is, uh, less dense than, is that, is that right? Less dense than salt water. So you sink more on fresh water, uh, which means you need higher volume boards to stay afloat. The intervals between the waves are a lot shorter than in the ocean by, you know, by way of the fact that it's a smaller body of water. Um, yeah, the, we are completely windswell versus right. tides and wind and bathymetry. Um, obviously, we need that, but uh, we are completely dependent on, on wind. And so, like, when you're on the difference between the surf is that I find that once you're surfing on the lakes for a long time and then you go into the ocean – that first session back in the ocean, you're like, I got this because I can paddle <laughs> like a monster. I think yeah, I'm way outside now, like really outside. You're like, oh, I'm fucking way too outside here because like you've been paddling <laughs> in the lakes. Now, on the reverse side of this, that, the funny thing is that I, I went surfing with a friend of mine um, last, um, last Sunday, uh, Timmy Matthews, and he spent the last what, like five or six months, like during lockdown in Hawaii, because that's where he's from. So him and his newborn son and his wife have been in Hawaii for the longest time and then finally came back because they, like, she's, um, his wife Kat is from here. So they're back 
And he's like, yo, let's, let's go surf. And I was like, all right, let's go. He hadn't been on the lakes in ages. So we went out and he got destroyed. He hit, this was that Sunday where it was kind of dumb. And he took out his very, his, uh, his brand new custom, like longboard built in Hawaii while he was there in at the factory he used to work at or something. And he was like somewhere in the middle, he's looking at me and he's all tired and he's on his board. And he's like, yo, tell me. <laughs> and I'm like, I, and I'm already still struggling. So, you know, on the drive back, he was just like, holy fucking shit. I haven't, like, I haven't been, like, killed like that in a while. And I was like, guy, honestly, the worst session that you can have, that any surfer can have, is the first, first session transition back from ocean to lake. That session, each time, is going to suck. <laughs> and you have to, like, keep yeah. going a couple more times before it starts feeling right again. Hmm. Like I remember being in Brazil yeah. and there was like a, there was a storm. It was a really windy day. And so no one was surfing because they're like, oh, the conditions are crap. And I looked at the water. I'm like, oh, it, looks like, it looks like the lakes. I, I felt this like warmth in my heart. I'm like, because it's all choppy and windy. Like, so that's, yeah, that's the pro tip. That's the pro tip for when you're on surf <laughs> vacations and you're in spots that are crowded. You go out when it's on shore because you know how to surf it. And so I've done it in Colombia, in um, El Salvador. Like there's this one spot I was surfing in in El Salvador and any given day there were 60 to 70 people on a tiny point. Hmm. So it sucks, right? Like you can never get a wave. Like I'm not competitive. I'm not going to like fight for those waves. So I would just go out at like midday. They were like, oh, no one surfs cancer hour because, you know, it's an onshore wind and it's too hot. I'm like, dude, I'm the only person on this break. I'm going. And, and honestly, like comparatively, I was like, these are still great waves. Like it's a mm. little windy, but like, who cares? There's still, you know, a 10 to 15 second wave period, still salt water. I'm still in a bathing suit. Like I can go surf the onshore wind. I'll be fine. Yeah, Cause that's the other thing too, is like, you're adding another, at least 10 pounds with a soaking wet wetsuit when you're surfing the lakes, especially yeah. the thick wetsuits, the five fours or the six fives. Yeah. yeah. Your mobility goes down a lot. And like, yeah, with, uh, with lake surfing, you become less of a wave diva. Like you see it when it's shitty outside, like an ocean shitty. You're like, no, it's fine. And then the ocean surfers who know nothing about yeah. lakes, they're like, ah, oh, I don't want to surf here. <laughs> but I remember this one, one session I went out and it was in Malibu point in California last year, I think. And I was sub surfing it. It was a tiny day, but the winds this, this week were just like, howling um i think it was the santa ana winds and they were like just really strong that particular season climate change is what everyone was saying so i was out and yeah it was a little bit windy and yeah i was a little annoyed that i had traveled all this far to surf windswell in the ocean but you know you go out anyways and all the locals were like how the fuck are you even standing on that board like i'd be blown out and i'm like oh you don't even know the half of it like <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I got 10 seconds to catch a wave. You know, check my hair. Oh, here it is. Like I'm yeah. used to like getting it, getting it organized and going like, and then ah, like every yeah, second. Yeah. <laughs> going. So yeah, it's yeah. funny how like surfers and then, or like lake surfers versus ocean surfers, when they meet in the ocean, they're like, you, you surf where? What? No, no. Yeah. 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 Totally. Yeah, exactly. Freeze. Yeah. Like just to be in a bathing suit, like I don't care what the conditions are like. I'll just get out there just to like feel what it's like to have skin against the water. You know? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, yeah exactly. Hmm. We've been really lucky this summer that the water, I mean, it's, it's climate change, so it's not great, but that yeah. we've been able to have such a warm summer on the lakes. Robin and I were out in Sandbanks a couple of weeks ago and had like the best surf day. I got such a sunburn, but we surfed <laughs> for like six hours, eight hours. I don't even know what it was. It would be like go surf for two hours, come back in, grab a drink, grab some food, go back out for two hours. And we were, it was really, it was such a good crew too. Like the vibe that day, because it was just all people we knew surfing. Like it was, it was about what, six of us or so. Yeah. And it was just everyone, mainly women, one guy, token guy, Eddie or Edgar was out, but okay. like, um, <laughs> such a fun day. Yeah. The water was so clear, like that crystal clear, summery, refreshing feel that you don't get in the ocean. It's such a, a lake feel. I love it. Like I live for days like that. Yeah. It's so, I mean, so yeah, that, yeah. that eerie day. No algae. How was like, the algae in Erie that day? Like how was it? I haven't been down. The algae? Yeah. yeah. Um, you end up with some in your hair. It wasn't that bad because I feel like a lot of it just got pushed. It was a really big day. So bigger than I probably should have been out in, but I was paddling around and it was like a big community of people. Cause it was a Sunday. So all the Toronto people were there. So again, it was that like, Oh, Hey, or you. And then, and then it was just like this, these beautiful waves. Like they were really like these kind of stormy, like, looks like you're out to sea, like Moby Dick kind of level of like, <laughs> no one would be out in this. And then all of a sudden the clouds part and this crazy rainbow and Dave Johnson took a picture of it, but I don't, I saw yeah. it. So nice. but it was like, um, like, I mean, you can't do it justice with, with a, with a camera. I'm like, oh, I should take a picture of it. I'm like, nah, I don't want to get out. And also like, it's not going to look the way it looks in real life. It was like, I've never seen a rainbow in a perfect arch, like opaque. You couldn't see through the colors. And oh, wow. this is like lighting up the sky. You can barely look at it because you're busy dealing with what's coming. Um, and I'm just like, this is perfect. It's like you're you're moving your body. You're like you're receiving the gifts of nature. There's people out, and I'm like, this is perfect. This is heaven. You know, this is what life is about. You know, and I'm like, it's so healing. It's um, it's interesting how you forget about everything else. Like this is one of the things for me for surfing is I've played sports my whole life, and I've played a lot of competitive sports, and surfing is the only sport that I'm. I've never decided to like try and compete at in a way that would make me not love it. So mm. when I think about, you know, a lot of people just run because they like running. Well, I got so competitive in running that eventually I didn't want to run anymore or mountain bike racing or whatever that sport is. And even stand up paddling. I love stand up paddling, but I, I got so competitive stand up paddle, stand up paddle racing that I kind of was like, no, I'm not into this anymore. And so it's funny, like I have a friend who's, who's very type A and he keeps saying like, why aren't you doing drills and going out and doing like really dedicated surf training? And I'm like, I don't want to not love it. I want to just get in the water and I would rather be a mediocre surfer getting my ass handed to me on the regular by the waves than spend, you know, a thousand hours of training and come out the other side and hate surfing because it was a chore. And so it's been a very um, interesting and um, deliberate choice to actually not try and be a great surfer, I, if that makes any sense. Mm. To say, like, surfer, I'm not going to force myself. She's a good surfer. Aww. <laughs> um, but no, I'm a, I'm a mediocre surfer, which is totally fine. I would rather be a mediocre surfer or even a crap surfer enjoying every second out there <clears> than be some kick-ass 
surfer that everyone's like, oh, wow, look at that person. It's just not worth it. And, and especially during the pandemic, you know, it's been such a solace. I forget what's happening in the world while I'm out there. Um, and, and Talia, you were there one of the first yeah. surfs pre-lockdown, like, or the last surf, I guess, pre-lockdown that day we were out at the bluffs and it was such a beautiful day. They were oh, tiny yeah, waves, but they were, were so there. joyous. Yeah, you were there too, Robin. It was all three of us. It was like a whole other, um, oh, and whole other world, That's a whole sorry. lifetime ago, but it was, yeah, the last surf before lockdown and was it was a, a joyous, warm day of fun waves and just laughter and could look back tiny. on the beach and forget. Like there were, I was, I think I said to you after, you know, this is the first time I forgot about what's happening around us. And I remember, that. and I had a couple small surfs, you know, away from people in the meantime. And the same thing was like, you forget, like when you're in the water, A, you're focused on being safe. So mm-hmm. that takes a significant portion of your attention. But B, there's nothing like that feeling. And there have been a lot of articles written about you know, more so focused on salt water, but I think it still applies to fresh water about the energy of water moving around you and what that does to your body and how that mm-hmm. relieves stress and how it's this, this energy that moves. And I think it's completely true. Like you feel so different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it really yeah. is. Like you can't really think about anything else. Like I was making fun of um, kite surfers with, uh, with Steve the other day. <laughs> And we were like, you know, I mean, once you get it, I mean, I'm sure there's a a tough learning curve. I know there's a tough learning curve, but once you get it, you're kind of like there and it's kind of boring. And I was like, yeah, it's like you have all this time to like have fights in your head. (laughs) Or like, you know, kind of ruminate. Yeah, you can't do that with surfing. No, no. (laughs) But not with surfing. No, exactly. I've had fights in my head surfing though. I I, I have had fights in my head surfing. Like, but sometimes it's like, that's where I go and work it out. Mm Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. like, okay, yeah. I've resolved now. <laughs> like, oh, here's the way. We're good now. So um, I, I only have fights in my head surfing when it's on the ocean because I have so much time. <laughs> <laughs> Waiting like 10 minutes for the next for yeah. the next set to come in. And you're exactly. Like, <laughs> that's when that's yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Tyler. You know, kite surfers, that's a that's an interesting one. I got I got hit by a kite surfer while surfing, which was terrifying. Um, it was at Coburg. Mm-hmm. You weren't there that day, Robin, but I was on my stand-up paddleboard. And I took a wave, so I was actively, I was carving toward the pier to then come back. And um, as I turned back, I saw this kiter coming like straight at me and at the pier. So he had no business being there to start with. No and so business. I started yelling and I'm like, I'm like yelling like, hey, hey. And he wasn't even looking. So eventually, like he was so close. I just jumped off my board and like, you know, cannonballed down as far deep as I could get. Oh. And I come back up and he's in the water you know, his stuff's everywhere. Aww. I look at my board and the fin from his kite had cut almost half a foot into my board. Oh yeah. That I remember in my board. So if I hadn't jumped, that would have been my leg or something. Uh, and, and his reaction was, Oh, well, yeah, boards get damaged, you know? <gasps> and then he's like, whatever. I'm like, it is. And what I, it like, is. And I was trying not to cry and and eventually he just like took off or whatever and I'm like my board's ruined. Luckily I had a surfboard in the car. So I went and got my surfboard and like just went into the lineup and I was bitching like <laughs> loudly at that point. So I went from I don't know about you guys, but when I'm mad, my first emotion is tears. Like when I'm mad and frustrated. And so I'm like, 
don't cry, don't cry, don't cry, even though it's not because I'm sad, I'm just really pissed off. Mm-hmm. So then by the time he'd moved on and gone wherever he was going, then I got really mad. And so by the time I was back in the water, I was beyond the teary phase and in the like, I want to tear something down phase. Mm-hmm. So I was bitching. And I think one of his friends was in the lineup and went out and was like, you got to make this right. So eventually he came back out into the water and like handed me 80 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> the board costs a lot more than that to repair, but. It was yeah. a gesture. 80 bucks come on like that's a cop out like here you go like throwing you yeah. the money so the liability is gone come you on should have been like here's my uh kiteboard and kite <laughs> see what yeah. you can get if you sell it <laughs> i'd be so scared that yeah. when i came up the kite would be over over me you know like oh yeah like oh man that, maybe they're bad honestly it was just instinct like just get the heck out of the way and they have the whole lake, you know, the wind. Yeah. You don't need to be on the shore, like where the waves are breaking. Yeah. It can be anywhere. Any, any sport where you have to inflate the, the sail or the, the kite and untangle lines and then have somebody like set that for you with like your $3,000 worth of equipment. Nah, uh, like stand up paddleboarding is already enough equipment. That's like one paddle. And now like kiting. Mm-mm. There was this one time that um, Ben and I were walking along the beach in Pickering and uh, it was a windy day and I wanted to like, you know, have, I, just, I wanted to go for a walk and see what the conditions were like. And then this guy just started, this kiter just started talking to us and he just kept going on about kiting and how he knew all these guys at the surf shops. And I'm like, I know these guys at the surf shops, like, <laughs> like, but he just kept going on and on. And he's like, Hey, can you, can you help me like, you know, launch my kite. So and Ben's a friendly guy and he's like, yeah, okay, sure. And so we stood around around for like five minutes listening to this guy go on and on about kiting and how he's like a dentist or some shit. And then, you know, (laughs) launched his kite. And I was like- Oh wait, I've talked to that guy. Oh, and I was like, shut up. Hopefully he's listening. Yeah. (laughs) But like, it was, it was very like, yeah, that A type and, you know, very guy and like, he's explaining to you was, what you know like he's telling yeah. you about surf ontario and surfing yeah like yeah. the guys at silent sports i know this i'm like oh yeah simon we're good we're buddies we used to smoke the pot with an olympian olympian <laughs> that was another story <laughs> that's another story anyways it was like and, and you're just like oh yeah i know the guy but like completely dismissed everything so and yeah. also explaining to ben and ben's like super personable about that and he's like oh yeah cool yeah yeah okay get out of here <laughs> thanks so much for your input yeah exactly yeah <laughs> and then off he went kiting and i was like goodbye <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at least at least it takes them away it's like yeah, goodbye. <laughs> wherever the wind may take you literally <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it's really interesting i mean yeah and this sort of idea of like the uh the rival well sharing the lakes right with yeah. all of these different sports because really on a lake yeah you can have kites you can have windsurfers you have now i seeing those foils yeah they're not so common but yeah yeah i'm all for sharing for everyone like mm-hmm. absolutely i want everyone to share but like if you're going to be on a kite board and you mm-hmm. have the entire lake and there's a set of surfers who are like stationary in that sort of general area don't go there it's like and they always do it yeah same with jet skis I was yeah, just going to say, just- yeah, the Jesse's breaking up the set that was coming in. Yeah, I was like, get out of here. <laughs> You're messing up the set, man. Get the fuck out of here. A-Bay is the worst for that. A-Bay is the worst for the jet skis coming like right oh, into God. that corner. Yeah. Um, and that one boat. Yeah, there's, there's one, oh, boat, that one boat. Like, oh, my God. It let this, 
this one voter loves like coming right in and just sitting there and watching you. And it's so creepy. Yeah. And then who was it that posted that that guy was uh, yeah. arrested for kidnapping and sexual <laughs> assault? Yeah. On the Jessica. boat? No, this guy on a boat. No, the boat guy. Oh, that guy's so creepy. He is really creepy. <laughs> You're like, any, so I have a, I have a legit con- like, need to be concerned about this boat guy just watching yeah. us. Yeah. yeah, he's creepy. I've, I've yeah. said some yeah. words to him to get, you know, get out of here. So weird. I mean, it's so interesting. Well, and like, just back to the, the idea of like, I've had it out so many times um, to lineups in Toronto where it's all guys. And so this idea of like the Lake Surfista community yeah. to be like, oh, like you can like coordinate with girls we're going to be out because there's just something about having like a a girl there I don't know what it is but even on that big day in Erie um I was like sticking with like the other girl that was out you know like just like I don't know what it is like she's way better than me but I'm like at least I just I don't know there's something just familiar with that with that whole thing and there's some there's some sense of safety I guess I don't know what it is um but something really does feel right about that's totally legit yeah it is definitely a safety thing mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. I feel like I whenever I go out there and I see someone new like a new female then I somehow instantly I'm always watching out for them you know making sure that they're okay mm-hmm. um or you know if it's any of you guys then I'm checking in to see if you're okay and I know you guys are checking in to see if I'm okay and yeah. like it's uh yeah I, I mean I do that with some of the guys but not like that I know but usually if it's any of the Lake Surfistas crew or anyone then you know in our community we're like Oh yeah, that person's there. Like, let's. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a really. I can't explain it, right? Like, and it, it's everywhere. I've done it in in like ocean waves where there's only one other girl there, and then somehow you're talking to that person and talking about where you're from and where you surf and everything, and then there's these like kind words of you know exchanged between each other. Hmm. Surfer girls have they? We got we kind of get it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really cool yeah. in that it, way. And even in the short time I've been surfing, I've noticed how much that's changed on the lineup. I mean, obviously, Robin, for you, it's night and day because back in the day, you were often the only woman. But even in the, the five years or so that I've been in the community, you know, there are now days where it's all women on yeah. the break or yeah. 99% <laughs> women. And and yeah. th- those surfista days are magical. Like there's been a couple of them um, at, at A-Day. There's been a couple of them. Um, well, the last time I was at Huron for quite a while, Steve Graham was the only guy in the water and it was just all women. I was, I was literally like, yeah, on Wednesday. Out, just the best, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the best lineup. And, um, and those days, like some, the one A-Bay day that jumped out in my mind was like, I think Robin, you were probably there. Jordana think, was uh, there. Anne-Marie was Alana. there. Yeah. Jordana, Diana, Alejandra, maybe Diana, Alejandra. Nadia. Nadia Bear. Yeah. And, and, a, and it was, was just a like good only handful. women. And and we, and we were, were all like, kicking ass. Like everyone was catching yeah. waves, and we we're all like, "Get out of here, guys!" Like, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it was awesome. It was such a good day, and and the vibe is so different. Like the vibe, I just yeah. feel like the vibe becomes so encouraging, and like everyone's cheering everybody on, and like you don't care as much if you suck or you bail on a wave and it didn't work out. You're just like, whatever. And everyone's like, whatever. It's awesome. You're great. You're beautiful. And it's just this vibe of just encouragement. And obviously the guys can do that, but it's way less common. Like there's a handful of guys, I think that love it when we're all out and they love seeing the women in the lineup and they will join in to that camaraderie. But I don't know that it's the default if Mm -hmm. we're not the ones kind of driving it. 
Yeah, there is yeah. that camaraderie, right? Like it, it does feel like there's just more encouragement and there's more like concern for, for, the, for the other people in the group. You're like watching someone take a wave and you're cheering them on. You're like yelling, stand up. Like, whereas, yeah, I feel like when it's a, a group of guys, you're just kind of, everyone's sort of concerned with that, their, own, their own performance or their own experience. And I don't know, maybe that's just a projection or something, but it's just something I've noticed. It sounds like you guys noticed that too. Or yeah, like I, fun, yeah. I also noticed that with, you know, in addition to that, like the guys that are out there that may not know what, like what have ever seen you surf or another woman on the lake surf. Um, they, I feel like that they're 10 times more surprised watching a woman kick ass out there than watching a guy kick ass out there. And it's kind of, and yeah. it's almost as if they're like, Oh my God, wow, you're really good. And it's like, thank you. Um, but like, you weren't surprised when the guy behind me, like did a cutback. <laughs> so, expected that he did if he's still out. Yeah. <laughs> right. So it's kind of like, you know, it's, um, it's, it's interesting. Like, I still feel super proud when that happens, but it's, you know, it, it's that one little thing where you kind of notice where you're like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know I did good, but I don't know why you're so surprised. Well, you know, you shouldn't be so surprised. Right. Yeah. You're like, is this just like the Mickey Mouse award? Like my, the standards are lower so I can surpass expectations so much better, even though I'm like yeah. on par with the boys kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. There was actually like the example of that was like, um, I was surfing Coburg and like a guy that I had don't really surf with. Um, he was coming back. He caught, uh, he caught a good wave and then he was coming paddling back out and I'm, I'm a goofy footer. So I took off on a good wave and I started going left towards the pier and I did a, I did a really awesome top turn. I was pretty, I was pretty proud of the top turn and then cut back to another top turn. And like, I, I bailed on that second turn there, but like going left means you're going towards the pier. So, you know, after my maneuver, you know, I started paddling out and he was like, holy shit, I thought you were going to go like crash directly into the pier. I didn't think you were going to do a cut back out of there. And I was like, I was aiming for the pier for that reason. Um, but like, thank you so much. Like, I, I was like, thank you. Thanks for noticing that. Like, it was a huge claim for me. But then it was also like, I don't know. Like, it, yeah. <laughs> but more importantly, like, how's my hair? Yeah. How do I know? Like, I just feel like he wouldn't, he maybe may have not said that to like any of the guys he was surf- who were surfing. Right. Like that yeah. standard's a little, a little different. Right. Yeah. yeah. There is that thing, right? Like, yeah. And it's such, a, it's such a, a long learning curve surfing. Like I've been at it for two years and it's still like, it's hard. No, it took me so years to really get like confidence. Um, it took me years to learn how to turn. I find, yeah. 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 Sorry, Shazia, yeah. go ahead. It, and it's one of those things. No, no, no. It plays with your emotions a bit, right? Like just when you think you've got it and you're like, Oh wow, I'm really, really progressing. Then you'll plateau or you'll like slide back and like things that you thought you could do, you can't do anymore all of a sudden. So for me, it's definitely like surfing is like riding a wave literally (laughs) because you feel like you're on this awesome progression and you've got something like sorted. And then all of a sudden you're like, what's wrong with me? Like, did I forget how to surf? Like, I don't even know how to do this anymore. Um, Whether it be the conditions or how you're feeling that day or anything, it's, it's, it's definitely an emotional progression. Mm -hmm. So much has to come together that even just trying something new, like usually with learning a physical activity, you're like trying to see the limits of like, where do I put my balance or what can, like, what maneuvers can I get away with and still stay on the board? Or like, what does it feel like to do this? 
like I can watch Robin do something, but what does it feel like when in my body, when I'm trying to do the same thing? And then you get this, but it's rare that you're going to get a wave that sets you up to be able to try those things. And then when you mess up, which you will, because you're learning, you're not going to get the same kind of wave. So what you need to do is different. It's like a very difficult sport because the conditions are changing. But on a snowboard, you're like, the hill's the same. Like I'm going to learn how to turn in a week, <laughs> yeah. you know, like easily. Um, but with surfing, you're like, yeah, it could take a decade to learn how to turn or go down the yeah. line. It took a long time. And with the lakes, it's even more difficult, like you said, because it's so inconsistent. Um, I guess like with a solid week of surfing on the ocean and like perfect waves every day, like no variation. Yeah, you can learn how to turn in a week. But, um, you know, it just doesn't happen here. And it, but it does make you a better like ocean surfer. Mm -hmm. Um, It's, but you got to just keep going on. Like, that drive will be there and you may be a mediocre surfer for the rest of your life. But when you're out there, it feels like a a million bucks. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like what you were saying, Chaz. Like it's fun. That's, I think what's beautiful about surfing is it's fun no matter what stage you're at. Like it doesn't really ever get boring. Maybe for long plateaus, you're kind of like, ugh. but you know, when you're just learning how to stand up on a 10 foot board in the whitewater, that's fun when you're starting to turn on the line, that's fun. Like, it's always fun. There's, and there's always something more you can learn. Like, there's never an, an end point where you're like, oh, okay, like with skiing. You're like, what's the next level of skiing? I'm going to launch myself off these massive jumps now. Like, no, I'm good. I can turn on the hill and that's about it. But with surfing, there's always more that you're like, oh, maybe I'll never be able to do a cutback or like get inside a massive barrel. But it'll be I've fun. I've never been up. barreled. No. To this day, I have never been barreled. Like I've had, I, like I've had the tiniest bit of like lake cover on a, like yeah, but never been truly barreled like in the ocean. No, that's, that's still so it's still that elusive thing for me. Yeah, you're like this is the next yeah. one barrel chasing. Yeah. Same. I've gotten close in Nicaragua this this uh, past Christmas. I got so close, and there's a video of it and, and a picture and I'm like, it's like right behind me. I was just slightly too fast. <laughs> and, but part of it was, it was new year's day and we'd stayed up to like 3 AM having a bonfire and I got up at five to surf. So I think Ooh. I was still drunk. <laughs> so I, I, I took bigger risks, which is probably <laughs> not, do not advocate this for anybody that's listening. And so I was just paddling, like I was just going and, and, you look at the wave and it was a fast wave. Like I'm just like rocketed through it. And it was just like right behind me. And then I tried this other spot in Nicaragua called the boom, which is like a a super shallow. It's like two feet of water barrel. And I've managed to like get onto waves there, but not get through the barrel. But it's a, it's a scary wave. It's like a whole bunch of things needs to work out for that to happen. Right. And then then my friend in Costa Rica, he's like, Oh, my head hurts. I'm like, why? What happened? He's like, I just like (laughs) barrel hit me on the head. He's like, yeah, if you don't tuck (laughs) under, like you're just bombarded with like pounds of water hitting you. Yeah. I've seen enough kook of the day videos, like of just like, you know, somebody getting a lip to the forehead and you're like, Oh yeah. It's like, yeah. Just like, and yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's a heavier wave. Yeah. Usually shallower water. And, uh, reefy, it's terrifying. Yeah. Usually and, like yeah. reef terrifies me. Me too. Yeah. I watched blue crush last night. I was just in the mood <laughs> and I was like, yeah, like that's just <laughs> such a great, <laughs> I was like, like, I think I watched it. I mean, yeah, it came on what 2002. I remember watching it before I knew you could, I had no idea that there was anything resembling <laughs> surfing anywhere that I live. 
And uh, so I was just a snowboarder at the time. And I remember just being like, oh, well, sound like, you know, because, yeah, it's all the drama of like, you know, at the shallow reef and getting your head cracked and getting your leash caught around the corals and like how heavy the wave is and all that stuff. And how like one wipeout can ruin your life forever. And, that, you know, it can totally one, one wipeout can ruin your life forever. Mm-hmm. What's your worst wipeout? Like, do you have a story? Oh, oh you go, Robin. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the scar, the scar on my face from Costa Rica. Um, I don't know if you can see it, but it is, it's mm. large. Um, most people don't notice it until I'm like, here it is. Um, I was surfing, it was 2012. And I was surfing Costa Rica with, with Sonia. Her and I went on a surf trip together. Um, it was like, it was a leap year. I remember that. <laughs> um, it was like March 1st or 2nd. And it was literally our last day in Nasara. And this is back when I was surfing. So I was actually surfing on a shortboard this whole week and progressing and doing great and I had a great time. It was like my first time ever in Costa Rica. Um, And I remember like paddling out and it wasn't a big day. Like it it was like maybe a three foot wave. And at that point I was in probably the most, the the most physical, physically fit I'd ever been in my life. Um, Super strong, super confident. And I had been surfing for like 10 days. Um, I paddled out, caught a wave, purled, didn't make the wave, which was fine. But when I was under the water, I felt a giant like blow to my face. And I don't know if it was my board, if it was another surfer. I have to this day, I have no idea who hit me or what hit me, mm. but it, uh, I felt the giant brute, like the giant blow underwater. I remember thinking to myself, this is going to, this is going to leave a bruise. And then when I came up for air, I felt my entire face flapping off my face like and blood a lot of blood and then I turned around and I was like held down by like another three by the rest of the set so another like three wave hold down came back up three waves holding you under before you came up okay yeah uh came up and like I was just like right in the impact zone I got my board I went on my board and I held on to my face like this and paddled back to shore um, waiting for the white water to take me in. And then I suddenly like start, I was in finally in shallow waters and I see this guy Baywatch sprinting towards me, like, like totally in shock. And I was like, Oh my God, what's happening? And this guy, while he's running, takes off his shirt. This guy's like six, three and find out he's like the pastor of the, of the town. <laughs> and he takes off his, his, his uh, rash guard and just starts squeezing my head, like really firmly and I'm so in shock, like I just kind of stare at him, reaches down my leg, unleashes my my board, like th- hand tosses it on the beach and starts walking me. And he says, calmly, you are cut very badly. I've got you. I'm going to take you to the hospital now. And I'm like, oh, okay. So he now I'm in a parking lot. He throws me in the back of a... Um, throws me in the back of a, a motorcycle, starts yelling in Spanish. I don't know what the hell's going on. I've got no flip-flops. I'm straight out of the ocean and I'm bleeding profusely. Mm-hmm. And off I go. Off I go to a clinic that's like two kilometers away. Um, at that time, no, like Sonia didn't know I was gone. Nobody knew that like that I was surfing with in that group I knew that I had left because it was just such a fast thing. And uh, a few minutes later, the Teo, the guy who saved me, he was now at the um, the clinic. He drove there, and he's on the phone. He gets off the phone. He's like, "I just spoke to my friend. He's the he's the surgeon here. 
he's going to come and he's going to come take care of you. He's coming. He's on his way. So he, he takes me into the, to the room into like, I guess one of the, in the clinic and he continues to just start like put pressure on my hip, on my, on my face. And he's not stopped. He's just there and he's holding my head. And I was like, I have to tell my friends. They have no idea that I'm here. Um, you know, I'm pretty sure Sonia is like freaking out. So the other half of that is Sonia was freaking out. Mm-hmm. After about half an hour, she had no idea where I was. She was looking for me and she couldn't see me out in the lineup. She came onto shore, saw my, my board and my flip-flops just on the beach and was like, something's not right. She goes and talks to like somebody, hey, have you, she's grabbing my board and she's like, has, has anyone seen, you know, the person, have you, has anyone seen her? And literally there were two Asians on that beach that week. It was her and me. So uh, there, some guy was like, there is a girl, she was Asian. They, you know, she just took off and she was really hurt. So she's freaking the fuck out. And she starts running with two boards to find me. And she has no idea where I went. And she finds it. She's literally, there's like a roadside clinic and she pops in and finds me there. At that point, I was already under, under a lot of morphine. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the doctor had come in, uh, you know, assessed me, cleaned me out. He said, you're very lucky if you, if it went through your face, which was almost the case. He's like, you've got about two more, two more millimeters and it would have been through my face. I would have had to airlift you to like Santa Teresa mm-hmm. and I'd be screwed. Like I'd be there under surgery. So he, you know, he cleaned me up. He sewed me back up. 26 stitches on my uh, right along here and on my brow. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was a goddamn mess. Like I was an absolute mess. Mm-hmm. Um, gave me a prescription of, you know, antibiotics and everything. And like, I just remember the, the community that was there, like all the, the surfers that were there were so supportive mm-hmm. and so concerned. And like word got out that this girl got a, you know, she got cut and it was like, it was a story. It was like the talk of the town apparently mm-hmm. that, you know, I had, you know, I had sustained these, uh, these injuries. Um, the doctor cleared me to fly the next day and Sonia basically shoved all my shit in like a, a bag. Like, cause I was so like, I was still under morphine. I was not in a good place at all. Um, like I felt like shit. Like mm. you can imagine what that was yeah, like. Swollen, and, like in pain. Swollen like. and in pain coming off morphine. And I remember this one story, um, this one thing that happened. So we were on the, the taxi back to uh, Liberia and we were going to stay in town for a night before the, tri- uh, the flight back at like 7 a.m. So this happened at around 10 a.m. the day before, so less than 24 hours. Then we had to leave that evening to go, um, uh, you know, to start catching our plane. So we, we get there, and I was, at that point, I was already coming off morphine and felt super sick. And uh, I remember telling Sonia, like, because I was lying down the whole time, I was like, pull over, I need to throw up. So he pulls over, and this is dry season, and she's holding my hair. I'm hurling because I'm coming off morphine and the pressure from having thrown up so much already was like causing blood to come down my sunglasses so like I'm still bleeding I'm throwing up and then I look up because it's dry season there's a fucking bushfire like right over there I'm in literal hell literal hell and I think at that point I laugh like I was like this is now ingrained this is burned into my brain for the rest of my life, I'm going to tell this story to everyone I can tell this story to. And, like, I think I laughed in my heart, like, 
fuck off, really? Come on. Hey, you're like, my, my face is split in half. I'm vomiting. I'm withdrawing from opiates and the world's on fire. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like, and surf was really fucking good though. That surf was so good though. Um, yeah. And it was a, it was a three or four month uh, recovery back. Um, I ended up getting a really bad, um, a really bad infection when I came home. Mm. Uh, I was also going through, uh, you know, the breakup of my marriage at that time when that happened. So it was like a lot, it, like yeah. a lot went on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that accident, yeah, that wipeout changed my life. And it's why I sub surf today. Cause I lost a lot of confidence in surfing. Like that motion of on your face, just kind of like, I ended up getting this weird, like PTSD every time, like, uh, you know, going into a wave. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd already been supping at that time. So Nadia Bear was like, what I, and Nadia Bear also has a, like a laceration to her face that she had. And she, that's how we started becoming friends. Cause she's like in solidarity. Yeah. It happened to her once in California. And then, and she's like, you know what? I started subsurfing. And I was like, mm. okay. So yeah. And that's how, that's how I started subsurfing. Cause mm-hmm. like, um, you know, Nadia had experienced something similar and it helped her out and she didn't want to quit and I didn't want to quit. Mm. It feels yeah. like, yeah, you're not face first. So no, no, yeah. you're like kind of shoulder first. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. It's like you're, there's more like control of your head, more protection. Yeah. You should try it, yeah. Talia. You should try it. I should actually, it. I should. <laughs> it's, like, it's super fun. It's super fun. I know some like you look like little waves and you're like, there's a wave you definitely can't paddle to get. But even, even if the wave dies, you just keep paddling. Yeah. Yeah. You just kind of yeah. go for it. There, it's also, there's just something so much fun about being already standing when you're dropping in like mm-hmm. unless you have the fastest pop-up in the face of the earth you can never <laughs> pop up as fast as being already up when you're paddling into the wave yeah and it's yeah. really a cool feeling to just get from the entire second that that wave is starting right through and mm-hmm. and so dropping in is just super fun like I, there's nothing better than a stand-up paddle drop in in my yeah. opinion it's kind of like snowboard drop into the half pipe. Like you're yeah. already, you're just yeah. like, boom. Yeah. 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 It's yeah, that's super fun. It's super fun. It it's also cool. like a mental thing too. Cause like a, a three foot wave when you're lying down in your face looks huge sometimes. I guess it depends on your mindset. Yeah. Like for me it was. And then when you're standing up, that same wave doesn't seem as intimidating because you see it from a different perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, and that really helped me mentally, like get over that, like, oh my God, the wave is so big block that I was having. Uh, mm-hmm. cause I can now see it like, oh, it's, it's okay. It's not that big. Yeah. It's interesting too. Like purling is so like nose diving and like it usually happens cause you need to paddle really hard to kind of avoid that. Or like maybe you're just in the wrong spot and the wave just like, like chucks you. But so that, yeah, if you have this psychological PTSD around it, it's like, you can't, what you need to overcome the that happening is what is 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 actually being blocked by the fear. So it's this like catch where you're like, yeah. I just really can't do this anymore because I I psych myself out and then I'm gonna nosedive. Um, and yeah, so that's, that's tricky. True. It's hard. Like I'm, I know my my friend's partner is Costa Rican. He's a surf instructor. He had a, a near drowning experience. I think he was unconscious for like 15 minutes in the water. Was found airlifted to Oof. San Jose in Costa Rica and he um, was in a coma for a while and is like back oh. surfing. I'm like, I don't know how like his process and overcoming that, like after that experience, you know, like. like have you seen uh, the movie Soul Surfer or like the oh. Bethany Hamilton story? 
I saw her. Oh, you should watch it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Soul Surfer is yeah. great too. It is a yeah. It is a. It's a beautiful. It's like the you know the the cinematic version of it yeah. rather than the the official like um, yeah. documentary. But yeah, the, like that mental uh, thing of going like getting over that. It's mm-hmm. and I I think the best way to describe it is because the water and the waves are so powerful that there's no way that you can quit. Like if it, if it, if it has drawn you that much, then like you're going to, even if you may not surf again, you'll still find inspiration and, and like comfort in it. It's also like a metaphor for everything. Like even John Kabat-Zinn, like meditation people are like, you can't stop the waves, but you can learn to surf. Right. It's like this idea of just, responding to changing conditions and like dealing yeah. with stuff and then even me so I'm like where my blocks are in surfing I'm like yeah when do I ever just like paddle really hard and just like charge it in life like so many times I don't do that <laughs> so you're like you're like watching your personality yeah. defects emerge in the water I'm like yeah I'm impatient <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> hold back a bit at critical moments like, but I'm also resilient and don't give up. So I'm like, so you get to see how your like psyche is showing up when you're surfing. It's, it's such a mental game. It's such a mental game surfing and like when to let go, when to push through. Like those are the things I always struggle with. And for me, that happens more so in the ocean for some reason than the lakes. I don't know why. In the lakes, I feel like I ha- I'm kinder to myself and and kind of just don't worry worry about it but in the ocean that's where I feel my mental blocks the most and where I feel my fears like getting into yeah. bigger waves like I've I've only done a couple you know significantly for me big waves but you know I get that like paralyzing fear where I won't even paddle and you know if it's like overhead or more I'll like start to go and then I know that my last two paddle strokes weren't really there because I didn't really want to go I'm like oh well I didn't get it that's okay but like I could have got it but like subconsciously I'm just scared of you know can I make the drop what happens if I wipe out like and so it's this constant battle of like where should you push through and where should you back off and it's it's an interesting balance Mm -hmm. yeah it's like being right at the edge of like your comfort where you're like I still feel okay but then anything can happen right like the board to the face is such a common injury and it's serious and it's like a one foot wave yeah Yeah, exactly yeah. Yeah. yeah hitting a rock like that kind of stuff is worse than sometimes wiping out on a big wave I mean hold downs where the the wave has a lot of energy and you're underwater for a long time really psychologically scary where you're just that's terrifying those are scary yeah but um but then the actual injury of like your your board hits you someone else's board hits you and you're like it's not even I could have this could have happened with me just like like kicking out after like an amazing run like this you know yeah it's not even anything about like level or progression and and Chaz, I know you have a story about uh, your hood getting caught. Is that your worst wipeout, or what's what's? Your, I don't know why. We're, we're yeah, like I've been. Story. I'm knocking on. I'm knocking on wood. Yeah, I'm knocking on wood right now because I haven't had a, something like Robin's happen. Um, but I've had more like little things happen that kind of add up and they accumulate like little rocks of fear. So I, I think I've had like two that were significant that kind of come to mind. So the one was a very early lake surf story for me. Like it was my first year lake surfing. Um, and Robin, you'll remember when they held the freshest wave at the Cove and Nadia Bear won for women. It yes. was June, like 2015, probably. And um, I had just, like, just started set surfing. But I was getting okay at it. And I had the 
Coraban, the seven foot Coraban. Yes. <laughs> this is Robin's old board. And um, so we'd gone to the, the Freshest Wave contest at the Cove. I did not compete. I had no business going in there. Um, but then we went to A-Day after to go surfing. And there was not a lot of people out at A-Day. Like it was basically me and Nick and I don't know if one or two other people were out. And I was out and he had happened to, or maybe he didn't surf. He was on shore. And I was going for a wave and I fell. And again, like not a lot of water, like it wasn't huge. It, it was messy. Um, but I was in, I couldn't touch the bottom, but like it was not far out. And I went under and as I went under, my board must have moved. So sorry, it wasn't my board. My board was still behind me. I went under, but I was wearing a detachable hood. Like I didn't have like a full because it was June. So I think I was wearing like a three, two, but then a separate hood to keep my head warm and the force of the water pulled the hood <sighs> back. So it was choking me. So the back oh. stuck on the wave, right? Cause the wave was still going, was just literally pulling it backwards. Um, and, and because it was a bit of a bigger day and messy, the waves were constant too. Oh, so Lord. I kind of had a second, like as soon as I went under, I was like, I got to pick the only way I'm going to get out of the, the tension of the hood is to actually go deeper. Because if I try and come up, all the backwash of the waves is just going to keep pulling it. So until I get out of that rotation of the wave, the hood can't move. But I don't have a huge amount of air in my lungs. So if I go deeper, I'm worried about how long it's going to take me to get up. So like in a split second, I kind of had to make that decision. And so I went deeper. I'm like, you know what? Like, I know I can hold my breath. It's scary, but I know I can do it. If I pass out because of lack of blood, oh. I can't do anything about that. So I went deeper, got the hood off and then came up and oh, I was obviously boy. exhausted and so I just like grabbed my board and like just lay on it and let the white water push me in and Nick was on shore and he said to me he's like I was getting ready to figure out how to call 911 like you were under a very long time and that was like my first year of lake surfing so like I, I the good thing it taught me was that like I can make that decision I can calm myself down and make the decision but it was definitely scary um and nothing bad happened and then again, in split second decision-making, like, I think that's for me, it's been less accidents and more just how do you make those quick judgment calls? I was surfing in Nicaragua two Christmases ago and I have a really good friend I surf with from California when we meet there to surf together and she's an excellent surfer. She's extremely capable. I'll never forget the, one of the first times I was down there um, and where, when I met her, um, you know, her and her husband would go off, her husband's a shaper, um, would go off on all these surf adventures and we'd be, you know, I was in the beginner group, like learning how to surf. And I remember saying like, one day I want to be good enough that I can sit in the lineup with her. And and we surf together now. Like we, okay. every Christmas we're sitting in the same lineup now, which is super fun. And so we were surfing this one spot that's kind of a bit of a dodgy spot. It's a river mouth and ocean river mouths are dodgy spots. There's crocodiles, Dodgers. there's <laughs> jellyfish, there's sea lice. Um, the currents are really bad. And so you have to boat in. So we've gone in on the boat. And if you've never boated into a wave, it's, it's definitely a different feeling because you can't see the waves coming. So when you're going in from the beach, you can see what they're doing. But when you're coming at them from behind, I find it really freaky because I'm constantly looking over my shoulders. I'm paddling into the brakes. I'm like, is there a set? What's going on? And then at the end of your session, you don't get to just take the white water in. You're paddling back out to the boat and usually fighting in a current. So at this spot in particular, it's a really hard paddle back to the boat when you're done. So you kind of have to keep in your mind, like keep gas in the tank so you can get out of here. So anyway, we've had this session. The waves weren't huge, you know, three feet, maybe four feet. 
And uh, um, I was like, okay, one more wave. I have enough gas in the tank to take a wave and then get back to the boat. So I get on this wave, paddle into it, start to drop in. And as I'm just getting up, I see directly in front of me, she had just finished her wave and this is right in front of me, like too close. I have no time to get up and turn. Like I'm going to kill her. And I'm like, I can't run over my friend. So I'm like halfway to popping up. I kind of like lay back down on my board and try to like stall it out, like pull it up and stall it out. So I stopped my momentum, but just the way the lip was, the lip like caught the board. So I'm now in a tumble in the wave, over the falls, hoping yeah. I don't hit her because I have no idea where anything is anymore. And I just feel just like Robin. I just feel this like blow to my leg. And I'm just like, oh, I don't know what that was. Could be her. So I come up, she's fine. Didn't hit her. She's like, holy crap. We were close, but it was fine. And I'm like, yeah, but something hit my leg. Like I got to get out of here. So I like hop on my board and just like paddle like hell. And then I can just feel my ankle is just like, I'm like, oh shoot. I think I broke my ankle. Like I, it's hurting Ooh. so much. So I'm like paddling back to the boat as fast as I can. Just like yelling at everyone on the break. Like I'm going to the boat. Something happened to my foot. I get to the boat. You've got to like climb up there. These like, you know, old pangas. You've got to like climb up the side. It's eight o'clock. We'd been surfing since 6am. I climb into the boat and we have a cooler that always has beer in it. And, and the boat driver looks at me. He's a Spanish guy. Looks at me, looks at my foot, kind of makes his face. And I just like open the cooler. I get two beers out. I open one, like chug it, <laughs> take the other, and I put it on my ankle. <laughs> put it on my ankle. My ankle, no joke, was black. Like the oh. black, like not bruised, black. Mm. It wasn't broken. I mean, maybe I had some hairline fractures in there, but um, wasn't broken. Got like the beer ice on it. <laughs> <laughs> sat there for about half an hour everyone else eventually made their way back to the boat um and then the group decision was to go surf another spot so then we boated to another spot and then I surfed for two more hours <laughs> no. well it's like get that get those like um, it's amazing what was the blood flow circulating so, yeah yeah it was macrophage, you know the t- having the tanya having the beer and then the adrenaline you don't want to stop surfing and so yeah so nothing nothing terrible like robin's experience but it's you know all the little things add up and i don't know if that was the right thing i did in that situation i think it was you know i think it was my only option so i think a lot of surfing is split second decisions on how to protect yeah. yourself and others around you yeah. and you have to be quick because you don't have the time <clears throat> and learning to be like patient and you know uh, keeping calm when you are stuck underwater is like a big thing. And like Shazzy's right. It's like yeah. an accumulation of like, it's a bunch of little things that happen and then they all add up with like, Oh yeah, there was like this time. And then this little time, like this was fine. Like I'm fine. But like it did happen. And you have to have that acknowledgement of like, mm-hmm. you know, the stupid injury that it was. Um, but you know, you still want to keep going. Like I remember this one time I was uh, surfing in Costa Rica. It was actually like, the trip where I was like, you know what, I, I need to overcome whatever happened to my face. And uh, I was subsurfing and it was like sunset in Tamarindo. And I just remember like, uh, you know, I fell off a wave and I fell off the wave and it's like a weird way that like the, the leash got caught around my neck, but also was tangled by my paddle. So my paddle was like stuck against like myself, like here and the leash was around it. So, and I was like, 
like double the more you choking. pull, the more you strangle yourself. Yeah, so I'm like strangling, and with the waves, like I was underneath, and this just double strangle of like had a leash, and thinking in my head, like, okay, just calm, it's okay, you'll come, you'll pop right back up, and then you know came up and unraveled, and I was like, okay, that happened. <laughs> like, <laughs> You're like I'm trying to get over my trauma, and <laughs> yeah, I'm like, okay, <laughs> so I'm like, I'm okay, and I was very proud that you know I kept calm. And, you know, did whatever I need to do. And I just, you know, kept on going. But like these tiny little things, like you don't forget them mm. when they happen. And of course, this wave yeah. was like, you know, like half a foot tall. Like it, was, it wasn't even anything. And yeah, mm. I find like the tiniest waves cause like the biggest problems when it comes to like <laughs> dumb surf injuries or like board repair. It's like, yeah, this guy crashed into me and now I have like a, you know, $200 ding on my board. How big was the wave? It was like, you know, flat. Yeah. like, oh yeah. 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 Like a kite server just pierces your board <laughs> and you're like, great. Like this is, and yeah. it's, so, it's interesting. Like I was watching big wave wipeouts. Like I, it's kind of an addictive thing Ooh. to do. It's just like Ooh. really. <laughs> I'm watching those. And, uh, and one of the things that I was paying attention to is kind of like, like therapy is like, it's interesting, like your story, Shazia, where you're like, yeah, I had this huge bruise on my leg and I served another two hours. I took a beer. It kind of like, it kind of shut down my amygdala. <laughs> and so I could just kind of like, because it really is, it's like exposure therapy. So when you're left and like, obviously Robin, you have no choice. You're like, I'm being like shuttled off to a hospital to get stitches. But my last memory is like me prone looking down the face of the wave. And that's the last thing you remember. And your nervous system is like, last time we did that, this whole thing happened and it was danger and it was like, it was bad. So even right. though that's not what caused it, that's like what your nervous system remembers. And so every time you put yourself in that same position, it's like bad, abort, stop doing this. And, um, and so one of the things with these yeah. big wave wipeouts was they would be like shaking and like, okay, I'm okay. Like I'm, you know, I'm <laughs> changing the cartridge in my inflatable vest and I'm taking another wave. And you'd be like, that is insane. But it like, because these things can be so random it's like just to reset the nervous system so it doesn't land on that last memory. But still, like, yeah. It's yeah. Good, good way of putting yeah. it. Yeah. It's like life, though. It's like- yeah. And it's how do you make positive ones, right? Like, and then how do you replace those with, like, the good days and, you know, the the joy of surfing with your friends or, like, a rainbow comes out or <laughs> dolphins go by you know I was surfing in Tampino last summer with a friend of mine and the pot of whales came you know and so how do you replace those types of things my my kitten's walking by my kitten wants to be on the podcast um the uh how do you how do you replace the memories um and how do you also remember that even in the tough situations like you did the right thing. You did okay. It wasn't that bad. Like I've had a number of leashes break in the ocean and there's nothing scarier in that second than feeling the tug of the board and then nothing. And then you're like, my board's gone. I'm out here and my board's gone. And I've had it happen on a surfboard and a stand up paddle board and on the paddle board, then, you know, that's where the drills have come in handy. Like how do you swim to shore with a paddle uh, and not get pummeled by a bunch of sets? you know, throw your paddle, swim to your paddle, throw your paddle, swim to your paddle. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so when things like that happen, you know, how do you stay calm? And then I say it was fine. Like I was fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's like the freaking out kind of makes it all worse, but it's still like, I, I, it reminds me like, so hearing all these stories and I'm kind of addicted to hearing these kind of stories this is again, knock wood. I don't even want to say it. Not something that bad happened, but but I know I'm like with only two years under my belt, I'm like it's a matter of time. It's like riding a motorcycle; like it's a matter of time. Um, 
But um, when I was living in Colombia, I'd be like, everyone in Colombia, at least in Bogota, where I was living for most of it, everyone's scared of getting robbed because everyone's had the experience of being robbed just living on, you know, yeah. in, in that city. I know Shazig, you lived in, Clum- in Bogota too. It's like really. Weird. Yeah, I was in Bogota too. Yeah. Yeah, it's so weird. <laughs> yeah. From what, what years? I never got robbed in Bogota. I, I did one time. I was like, person I was with got robbed, and again, it was like that trauma thing of like, I'm I'm calm, and then I look and someone's being robbed beside me, and I'm like, it came out of nowhere, and then you're just yeah, amygdala's like, the this entire world is unsafe. But I remember being like, oh, this neighborhood seems safe, or this time of day seems safe, and then someone would quickly disrupt my sense of safety of being like, oh no, well someone got like got his entire everything he was carrying cleaned out, or this person got shot, and you're like, oh my gosh. So it was just this sense of like vigilance, you know, and I don't want that to happen with surfing yeah. because it can kind of happen, you know, but again, like just being wise and like, Take, okay, I'm not going to work on a seven foot day when I don't really know what I'm doing, yeah. <laughs> you know, no matter how many rainbows yeah, are out. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it's one of those things that when you're first learning, you don't have that sense of scale of what can happen. Like yeah. the, the stupidest things I ever did were in the first year or two when I was learning, because I didn't have that sense of, oh crap, that's scary. And now I get scared probably more easily than when I first started learning, because I understand more what can happen. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it felt the same for you, Robin, but like I would paddle in anything when I first started. Oh yeah. It's a, uh, yeah, I think my fears have been, uh, like have been calmed down because I, now I know how to mitigate the risk and I, and I have a lot more confident in my confidence in my skills. Um, but to say that I don't have like fear is absolutely not like I completely still feel yeah. fear, especially on days on like, like last Sunday, for example, like it had, I had been surfing really chill summer waves for the last couple of sessions that I haven't been in like, you know, harrowing, blinding rain in a while. (laughs) It sounds funny, but like, um, you know, like I I still have those days where, you know, you have, your heart is pumping extra, like extra because you can see the conditions and it, but you're also excited. But at the same time, I, I always have this like dialogue in my head that says like, you know, I've been, I've been through this, you've done this before, you've, you've sustained worse you'll be okay. But that level of fear is almost a sense of respect for the water because you know that you're not going to push sure. it so much that you will get hurt or you would get hurt. So like, you know that when you're go, you go out there, you're like, okay, I don't want to go to that spot because something might happen and I'm not cool with that right now. Mm-hmm. You know, you can, you can be where you are and still feel confidence uh, that nothing's going to happen. Now with beginners, like, um, I didn't paddle out into everything when I was a beginner. Cause like th- that was like real fear. Like I was like, no, that's a hard, no, I don't want to get out there. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think part of like Lake Surfistas is, is like, we, we want to make sure that the ones who are beginners and stoked, sometimes that stoke will blind you and perhaps get you into a situation where you shouldn't be in. Mm-hmm. And if you want to push yourself yeah. and get into that situation and say, you know what, I am going to learn from this, then amazing. But not everyone is like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you start seeing beginners going out on the cove and like a gale force wind and they're like, Oh, this is my first day surfing. And you're like, no, don't do that. It, the cove like, looks okay from the shore, but like once you're in, you're oh, like, I've okay. never surfed the cove, but everything like, looks okay from the shore I, until you're yeah. there. And even mm-hmm. on those like small yeah. days, you're like, I guess it's okay. But you don't really recognize what the current feels like when you're out there mm-hmm. and how, stronger and how much of a violent not not violent force but this huge 
bits of all kinds of energy, wind energy, water energy, current energy. That's just pushing you in different directions. Plus your head is going like a mile a minute. Like, what am I doing here? Right. How the hell am I going to get back? Yeah. Um, those, ne- those moments are necessary in a rite of passage, but I don't want to get it to the point because there's so many more surfers out now right. where somebody can get yeah. legitimately hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, pushing right. that education of like, you know, go where you feel comfortable or where you do feel comfortable to push yourself in places where, you know, you feel like you can, you know, take it from the people who've surfed there. If they say that you have no place being here, cause like, you know, it's a crazy day. You might want <laughs> right. <to listen>. right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's the yeah. thing. It's like, you don't know what's under getting the Getting rid of ego. Right. Yeah. yeah. Getting, getting rid of the ego is, um, yeah. And you know, I think every surfer has, has to deal with that with like, with ego. Cause and, and that, that same type of ego is the same kind of ego where you're like, oh, I surfed in Costa Rica for right. a week on an eight-foot board, caught all the waves in the world. I'm coming back, and I'm going to surf Ontario, and I'm going to buy, like, uh, you know, a 5'10". Yeah. <laughs> you're like, no. And you, were, you want to be like, I, but, I, you know, I did it. And you're like, I am so stoked that you are happy. But please don't. I feel like I do that all the time. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I want you to continue to be happy. So, and, and surfing and Kate and chasing that joy. And sometimes that ego will, you know, lead you to go into places where you shouldn't or buy equipment that's not correct for you. Yeah. And that's the thing. There is a lot of ego around board size, right? Yeah, it is. It's kind of the opposite of, uh, I just posted that article. I just posted an article on the surfaces group about that, which really resonated with me because, you know, there's this, there's this, pull to either be like a, a kick-ass short border like keep dropping your board size or if you're a long border to like be able to do like all the cross-stepping and all the tricks and stuff and and it you know often it can feel like those are the two goals and you know i would argue that no like being a mid-length mediocre surfer is equally awesome you know being a sub surfer even if you don't have the smallest board or even if you're not doing rad radical maneuvers that's okay too right like how do we make it so like it's okay if those aren't your things and like I love my eight foot single fin like I will ride that board forever even if I'm become some magically proficient you know expert surfer that eight foot single fin is like it's magic Robin's ridden it it's a beautiful board it is a fun board Mm -hmm. yeah I've seen it it's shaped uh by Grumpy Bob right is that the Grumpy Bob board yep yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah, I have a a few of his boards yeah that's good yeah that's really cool too and yeah I mean when I first yeah I was I trained like learned on an eight and a half huge new surf project boat that you can't screw up on your it's like floating on your bed like eventually (laughs) you can stand up it's and then uh when I came here um I was like it needs to fit in my car and so <laughs> it landed on a seven and a half and I could not lie on that board and paddle when I first went out and I was so discouraged. And so that was, that was the learning curve was like, can I lie on this board and just paddle on it without getting like flung off? It and is a discouraging it, feeling. Totally. Totally. Yeah. You're like, like, I want yeah. to be successful. Yeah. You, yeah. yeah. And Sorry, then back in on, Brazil on, during um, a surf camp that I just did, I was on an eight foot board and in salt water and everyone was trying to get down and they were like, oh, you know, but usually I surf a six and a half or a six ten or like five ten. And they're like, you know what, <laughs> just, just, you know, we're, we're trying to take pictures of you. We're trying to make you feel good about yourself. <laughs> just stay on the bigger board. And so like, I didn't even protest. I'm like, I'll just stay on the eight foot, even though I need to learn how to ride my seven and a half <laughs> on the lakes in less fl- uh, flotatious water. Um, 
but yeah, there definitely is an ego thing around like, what's your smallest board, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's, I, I find a lot of the, it's more of the guys that kind of go on about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's, it's cute. <laughs> it's cute sometimes. And, um, but, you know, the stoke is there and that's what kind of leads them. But um, yeah, and it's kind of also the reason why you'll find a lot of these boards like for sale on Kijiji like a year later kind of thing. Right. And you're like, surfed it twice wasn't for me. Right. Quit surfing. And you're like, dude, if you kept, if you stayed with that like eight footer, you'd, you'd be, uh, you'd still be out there. Yeah. Yeah, And you'd be catching so much more because you'd have a longer board. And and I'll tell you guys how I found Lake Surfaces is kind of crazy. So I uh, visited my friend who was in Costa Rica in 2019 in in January. And so she was going to, she just bought a place um, in Dominical, but she'd plan this kind of three month thing. I was like, I want to go on a trip. I want to learn how to surf and just kind of do something physical on a beach. So how about I just come and visit you for three weeks? She's like, okay, great. She's like, we're going to start off in Nosara, then go to Santa Teresa and then Dominical. It's kind of the rough plan. You can like join whenever. So I join her. I take a couple lessons and I'm surfing, surfing every day, but a lot of it is like me trying to figure stuff out on my own on her giant eight and a half foot board and like fighting in the whitewater and you know obviously the learning curve is really um is really high and so i'm like there's no way you know like what held me back from learning to surf on these surf trips is like i'm never going to be able to practice these skills like i'll i'll you know learn a couple things and then it'll be another year before i can surf again and i met this girl victoria um in santa teresa and she was like oh she was from toronto and she's a psychotherapist with a practice right near me i was like this is really crazy Oh, and cool. uh and she was like oh like you know you can surf in toronto i was like what i'm like imagining bathing suits and rash guards and the same kind of vibe like, <laughs> like oh, okay <laughs> she's like yeah you can surf like on the lake she's like she's like there's this group called like surfista she's like i'll send you the link for the facebook group i'm like oh amazing okay like i can i'm gonna buy a rash guard you know and then <laughs> and then she's like but just so you know the season is really from it's all year, but it's really from September to March. And I was like, oh yeah, March to September. Yeah, it makes sense. She's like, no, no, September to March. <laughs> the winter. And I was just like, I don't know if it's the same thing, but I was still so stoked because I was like, this is actually like the, there's a potential now to actually do this and, and maybe learn how to do this and have more experience on the water. And I was like, okay, if people are out there, like I, I don't, it must not be that bad, you know, in terms of getting cold. And then you start looking at the pictures of everyone with their ice hanging off. Of their <laughs> and the whole thing. and it and then, can yeah, be that cold. Yeah. You're like, how bad could it be? Like if people are there, you know? And so I think I went to surf Ontario pretty quickly. Oh, I, I checked it out and I saw people one day at the lighthouse and, um, and I see like these pretty good looking ways. I think it was like a really good day in February and uh and i just saw this kind of community like people talking saying hi to each other all these like black seals like (laughs) sleek wetsuits like just a very interesting like snow everywhere my dog is with me he's just shaking he's so miserable (laughs) and i'm like wow okay this is great and i'm like but in order to start i have to get equipment so i kind of just took the plunge went to surf ontario got set up with Kristen. She, you know, sold me all my stuff. It's like, okay, 1500 bucks. Let's, I better like this. <laughs> my stuff's not on Kijiji in like a week. And then, yeah, the first day, I think I went out in like March or April <clears throat> to Ashbridge's Bay and just couldn't even lie on my board, the wetsuit. Like it wasn't cold, but it was just, I was like, oh no, 
And then I think, and then I, I maybe tried a couple more times. I missed out last summer because I just didn't know how to forecast or understand what was happening. And I would see people kind of posting pictures after the fact and be like, oh no, you know. Um, I thought people would like say where they're going before and that kind of thing. And then I went to the Lake Surfistas uh, weekend in, I think it was September or October last year. Yeah. And it was so amazing. Yeah. Cause there's such a, an amazing vibe. Like you guys threw such a great event. It was at Pleasant Beach on Erie and immediately, yeah, like there's just this stoke that happens afterwards where like people were forming groups. So there's like a few Facebook chat groups I have now where like people are, yeah. um, you know, just making plans to go out, like finding surf buddies. Cause so many times before that weekend I would go out, um, and, and I'd be the only one. And I'd be like, I'm not going in the water. I, you know, it's, it's a stormy day. There's not even anyone on the beach. Like this is way too sketchy. And then I'd kind of go yeah. home like in my wetsuit, sweating, having to pee, <laughs> like, de- like dejected. But then after that surfista weekend, yeah, there's this connection with these other women. And then you meet people as you're surfing, you start to learn, like you throw uh, forecasting workshops, you can get better at it. And, and it's like actually been what allowed me to even be able to do this. So it was so great. It was like a really transformative thing wow. that you have, you know? And so That's I know like, Robin, you're like, when awesome. I first started, it was just like people being like, you have no place being here. And you know, like, and so you're like fighting against that energy. And yeah. I think if I had to do with that energy, I'd probably... our goal is to make it the opposite. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And you really have, like, it's a really awesome community. And um, I was uh, rooming with these two girls who I didn't know. Like, I think we just connected on Facebook. We were rooming at Shirkston because we didn't get a chance to camp in the cabins um, okay. at Pleasant Beach Campground. So we're staying at Shirkston, which is great. And we all went into Pleasant Beach the next day for the actual day. And this girl who was staying with me, she was like, everyone's so friendly. <laughs> She's like so excited. Aww. Everyone's so nice. <laughs> it's true. It was so great. Great. And and, and this year has been an interesting journey for us to figure out what it means to do it when we're not all together, because that energy is such an important part of it. So the team's been really trying to figure out how do we do it virtual. And, and there's upsides too, right? Like that means people don't have to travel. We can get more people from further distances participating. We have some really exciting stuff planned, like a number of workshops, um, you know, some really interesting discussions, and we're hoping lots of people join them. Yeah. Um, so yeah. This year, this year's going to be exciting, I think. Um, so we've been working on some workshops um, to do virtually. You know, I think the whole pandemic's been a learning curve for people to figure out. We're getting used to it. Like, that's the good thing. People have figured out how to stay connected, how to keep with their communities. And so we're trying to look at it as the opportunity um, to say, as much as it was nice when everyone could travel and come together, we also know a significant portion of the folks in Surfistas couldn't come. Like either they just don't have access to the cars or they don't live close enough. And so this year we're thinking we're going to hold a number of workshops. Um, forecasting, forecasting is always one of the most popular things. Mm-hmm. And no matter how many times we do it, it's always good to have that refresher. So that's going to be one that we're really stoked about. That'll be Robin and I doing that one. Uh, we're going to have another one um, about stand-up paddleboarding um, that Jordana and Diana are going to run. That one, I think, um, will be really good because they're both certified instructors. Um, they can talk a lot about that. We're also looking to do a board review, and we're super stoked for the board review. Um, we're going to do it as a brunch. So, like, everyone grab your breakfast and join us with your coffee. Cool. And we're going to do it both from Toronto and the East Coast. So we're going to bring together. Um, 
in one surfista's backyard, so probably Charlotte's backyard in Toronto, all the local surfistas safely will distance and bring their boards, um, the, the, the organizing crews, so like Robin and, and such. And then out here on the East Coast, uh, we're gonna come to my backyard uh, for part of it and show video from here, uh, look through my boards and hopefully I'll get a couple of the other folks out here on the East Coast to join. So like Ali and uh, maybe Alex and Krista. So I'm hoping that'll be interesting for people, um, but we're really excited to make these interactive workshops happen. Um, so Robin and I, you know, I, just talking through how we get people engaged and it's really I think going to be an exciting opportunity and maybe we'll be able to add more so there's the three that we have so far but maybe we can get more on the roster too yeah I mean there's a um, I know a couple like Taylor was talking about like uh surf and hair um I know Shazzy you don't have hair <laughs> um but like that's that's <laughs> still like you know it's still relevant and like I I think there's been a lot of people who want to like who want to get involved and provide what they know about surfing to like the collective, um, you know, our, all the, all the collective minds of forecasting and, you know, all the basics and stuff, but then stepping it up to things like mental health mm -hmm. and, you know, beauty and, uh, you know, self care and that kind of stuff. It's just, it's awesome that it's branching out to that way. And maybe that's where we're heading, um, you know, because of lockdown and yeah. we can't all be together. I can't wait for the next time that we all are together for, mm -hmm. you know, uh, for the next event, Lake Surfista's 2030. <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. After, after <laughs> there are no more viruses on the planet. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's, um, it's crazy to see how much this has all evolved in, in so many years. Like when I started this, I never ever imagined or dreamed that it would be the way it is now. Like <laughs> seeing it from, like, I feel like a proud mama like truly like that's like I seeing groups of women that are forming you know their own crews and you know sharing knowledge with the, with each other and um oh gosh it's like awesome and I, I that's it was always kind of like the point because I wanted to do right by this community by having ladies of the lakes and you know having worked at Surf Ontario for so long that I wanted to provide the right information because I was provided with nothing and uh as well as as pushback mm -hmm. so you know and when you're when you have that and you've pushed through it and you're like no i this is something i want to do and you kind of finally figure it out you know i could have kept it to myself and there are times when i do keep it to myself because i feel like that was my discovery but for the most part there are there's so much information that i want to that we all want to share mm -hmm. Uh, and that that's the most important thing. And that that's what makes community. Mm -hmm. It's also like educating people how to participate yeah. and enter the community too, right? Like you don't want the yeah. person paddling out at the cove with their foamy hitting people. So just to create a, a culture around mm -hmm. surfing on yeah. the lakes is really great too, you know? Yeah. And it's like to that person who's surfing the foamy, you know, at the cove at the, the first time, it's like, you know, we still want you to be part of the community, but like, if you mm -hmm. learn from this, this kind of incident, then you'll, you'll see how much happier you'll make yourself and, and everyone else too. Like there is that kind of unwritten rule of etiquette. And, um, you know, I, I know that localism is not the awesomest thing, but like in terms of the way it was sort of seen as bullying back in the day. But I think if you are going to be a local at your spot, wherever you may be, 
you have a responsibility to tell anyone else that comes in what they should know as a local. That should be that should be what localism is. Like if you are, I want to redefine it as that, where you're like, hey, I've never seen you yeah. before. Be careful for that rock over there because it does this kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Or hey, if you come back here on this kind of wind, you'll have even a better time. Mm-hmm. Or you know, and and knowing your spots yeah. and knowing where you are and, and accumulating that knowledge with the more places that you do surf means that you can share that wealth of information for others who may not know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that's, that's and I think it's about respect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. It's like, yeah, you're just like it's respect like, for the stories, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for the history, the people and the, the people who are sharing it with you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I certainly didn't find everything by myself, you know, the people told me what I needed to know and it was a lot harder to find these people, but the ones who did step up and say, you know what, this is what you need to know. These are the things that you need to remember this and that. I'm very super grateful for that, for that knowledge and that, mm-hmm. uh, for them sharing it to me because there were people that didn't share. Mm-hmm. And there still are some people that don't yeah. share. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, I yeah, the part of two, it, if, if, if we do surf beasts right, it should be sustainable indefinitely, whether we're around or not, right? Like that's mm-hmm. the goal is to build that culture of respect for what people have built and done in, in the community and then sustainably teaching people to continue it, right? Like these groups of women that are building their own little crews, like they're the future of sustaining surf beasts, whether there's a formal community organization or not and I think that's the goal of surfaces and then not losing that history not losing the richness of the people that surfed the lake 50 60 years ago and making sure we're still telling those stories um, Mm -hmm. and that they live on so I think the surfaces has a big part of that um, to keep it live alive and and to keep it sustainable Mm -hmm. so carrying on the legacy yeah. Yeah. yeah and it's not a very long legacy of like great lake surfing like if you think about um, you know, the timelines of surf culture in places like Hawaii or California mm-hmm. um, or anywhere else in the world in the ocean. It's, it feels like these, uh, these were set up long, long time ago back in, you know, the 1800s and all these accounts. So um, Great Lakes surfing is relatively new. And even though people have been surfing here for like 50, 60 years, it really wasn't a, you know, a big thing until you know maybe those 80s and 90s with the small groups of of crew that did it like the bridge crew and yeah. wildwood and um mm-hmm. you know people in in um oh, what's that thing in wisconsin uh the sheboygan people you know um yeah. and even and there weren't a lot of women so it's like we we are that evolution of the surf culture here and uh it's yeah and having it keep going plus respecting everything else about it and the people that are, you know, that really were the pioneers is, yeah, as I said, it's the best way to, get to you know, for, for the newcomers and the people who want to surf to do it, um, to do it the right way. Right. Yeah. This is so great. Guys. And when's the, um, when's the weekend? When's the Surfista weekend? Maybe people can check it out. And if they're thinking about joining the Great Lakes community, seeing... Um, so we've got, uh, we've got three, th- I should, I, this should probably go live soon. <laughs> I have, I have all the, yeah, I all the prep it's going to be August 17th. August 17th yeah. for yeah. the, um, for SUP Online 101. Okay. And then forecasting is Tuesday, uh, September 22nd. 
And then we've got board review, boarding gear review on the 26th. And though we're not necessarily like, um, you know, advertising or anything, but there will be a couple of us who will be paddling at a bay or, you know, Woodbine beach, whatever the, you know, the, the conditions give us on that day on the 26th, Talia, you are invited uh, to go in, you know, go for like a flat water paddle or, or a surf or just play in the waves, you know, just a, a very small or whoever can come a uh, group of us hanging out on the beach in, in Toronto. Amazing. Yes. And so we'll put the link for the Facebook group and the link for your website so people can find you. Um, But thank you guys so much for for joining me and for creating and participating in and carrying on the legacy of Lake Surfistas because it's really been really helpful for my mental health. Um, And yeah, it's been like a life changing thing, I think, for me, for sure. And for a lot of women I know in the community, too. We're happy to hear it. Um, You know what? And you're you're the epitome of it. Like you're getting out. You're, um, no, like you are getting out there. You are chasing it. You have been in three lakes in the past couple of weeks. So that's three lakes in four days. I did. That's amazing. That's so amazing. (laughs) You're like the, you're the, like the exact thing that we're, we're trying to, you know, the culture that we're trying to make here because it's, it's also so personal to you. So thank you for, you know, keeping it going and making it, uh, being part of, um, the awesomeness of it like thanks Talia thank you and thank you for having us today it was awesome to talk about it and tell stories storytelling is a huge part of the community so we really appreciate the opportunity yeah totally it's like to thicken the experience it's like this isn't just a group of people that serve together there's a history behind it and you know and even I'm just thinking of yeah the, Andy Holland's property on H Bay like now I'm thinking like how is there a beach fire there's no beach there anymore <laughs> oh, no, there used to be I know. Yeah. yeah. So sad. Maybe the will Amazing. be. Amazing. But so thank you guys so much and have a great uh, Sunday. Thank you. I'm going to try and head out for the waves right now, actually. Sir, what's the angle? Go, go, go. Go, go if you can. Go to Erie. So we'll There's see. There's not you. much here. Go to Erie. Get out of here. Yeah, go to Erie. Okay. I'll see okay. you guys. Thank you. Take care.